The block was dead, yo. So continue to A one A. Beach road, hey. Hey. girls were hot, wearing less than bikinis. Rock them, love us, driving Lamborghinis, jealous. Cause I'm out getting mine. Shane with the gauge and vanilla with the nine. Ready for the chumps on the wall. The chumps acting nimble cause I'm full of eight ball. Gunshots ranged out like a bell. I grabbed my nine, all I heard was shells falling on the concrete real fast. Jumped in my car, slammed on the gas. Bumper to bumper, the avenue was packed. I tried to get yeah, away, but yeah, the jack was yeah, jack. Yeah. Police on the scene, oh. you know what I mean? They passed me up, confronted all the dope fiends. If there was a problem, yo, I'll solve it. Check out the hook on Malcolm. <laughs> <Yo>. <laughs> You ready? Yep. How about you? Yep. Start it up. Here we are with three top. One top, two top, three top. Three top. Three top. Here we go. We're going to get it going. What we have tonight for us is Lucy the Trekkie, Fire Festival, and Blackout. Hmm. So not quite as any kind of giveaways. Maybe you've heard of one, maybe you've heard of the other, maybe you can piece it together. But what we're going to do, regular order, top one, Hayden, Lucy the Trekkie. the hell does that mean? Everybody knows who Lucille Ball is, right? I love Heard Lucy. I love Lucy. Desi on I love Lucy. I think you gave us a good... Uh, hey, Lucy! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Wade. Um, so, uh, Lucy, I'm home! <laughs> I'm Vicky. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, Lucille Ball, yeah, that that's her. She, mm-hmm. I love Lucy. So, uh, that's obviously where she made her stardom start up. So, ever, she was an American icon um, through the 50s and into the 60s. So, um, Desi Arnaz, the, uh, <laughs> the man Wade was just impersonating yeah. there, uh, in real life married Lucy They were Ball. husband and wife, yeah. In real life, not yeah. just on the show. Um, they ended up starting a company together um, called Desi Lou, and that was their production company. Um, they actually, so they, what they did was they bought a studio. It was actually right next door to Paramount, out in the Hollywood. Um, and they started their own production company. And actually, a lot of famous shows uh, actually got recorded in their studio. Uh, Andy Griffith mm. was recorded at Desi Lou. Uh, the I believe it's called like the Amazing Tale of Wider. Never watched that show even in syndication, mm. but huh. TV. I don't know, but that was filmed there. And Dick Van Dyke. Ah, Dick Van course, Dyke yeah, show. All right. It was filmed at Desi Lou, and everybody loves Dick Van Dyke. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's like uh, you know where they kind of got their founding. Alright, so Gene Roddenberry, do you guys know who Gene Roddenberry is? Um, I don't. No. He's, he's Star Trek. Star Trek was going to be a guess with he, the Trekkie thing, but yeah, I didn't. I didn't yeah. wanna... Gene Roddenberry is the creator of Star Trek. Okay. He created the original series. Um, so he obviously had come up with this idea for this TV show, and he actually pitched it to CBS, and they were like, hell no. Like, too much money stupid nobody's gonna like that weird science fiction stuff you know they were a little bit wrong there yeah, a little bit. <laughs> um so he took his id uh, his idea to nbc and uh, desilu was of course a lot of nbc shows filmed at their production studio so they had ties with nbc um and also uh lucille ball was friends with gene roddenberry she liked you know i guess they were friends that helps 
Um, but anyway, so Gene Roddenberry comes to NBC, and NBC is like, uh, this is stupid, too expensive, we're not going to do this. And Lucy, like, went to bat all the way home for this. Like, she fought every executive. Like, it'd be like ten, ten guys in a boardroom against her. And she was like, no, we have got to do this. Got to do but this. But them do telling this. her, no, this is a stupid show. This is a bad idea. Yeah. So she ended up making it, like, getting it worked out for him. Getting him the funding to film a pilot. Um, which was not with William Shatner. I don't know if anybody knows that about Star Trek. But they filmed a pilot episode... Or have you everyone seen the new Star Trek movie? You guys yeah. seen it? You know, there's the um, the other captain before Kirk takes over. That character, that's the name that's in the pilot. They were doing like an homage mm-hmm. to the pilot episode of Star Trek. Um, so there was another guy, and he got the boot, and they hired Shatner. But anyways, in the pilot, they ended up. It was very expensive, and it took a lot of money. Lucy was able to get it for him. They filmed the pilot, and then even after they filmed the pilot, NBC still like this is going to just cost too much money. Thanks, you know, we did the pilot, but it's not going to work out. And, again, Lucy just went to bat, like, fought him all the way, tooth and nail, and was able to get it, get it, the budget worked out for it, and they made the first season, and, of course, it was a success. It went for three seasons. Um, I think it's somewhere in, like, the 100-episode range. Um, and then it got canceled. Hmm. And this is all while it's being carried by NBC? Yeah. Okay. Um, but so that's another thing a lot of people don't realize too is Star Trek died for like a couple decades. Mm-hmm. Nobody talked about Star Trek. It was well, just I not cool. I remember a resurgence of Star Trek back when I was a kid. It's exactly when you were a kid mm-hmm. is when the cult following started with Star and Trek. And then LeVar, Le- what's his name? LeVar Burton. LeVar Burton. Yeah, name? they... they it came back in the 80s. CBS actually ended up syndicating it in the 80s, and it got a whole lot of viewers, like, good ratings. I'm like, hey, this is kind of cool, this, like, this resurgence of this old sci-fi show. And that sparked such a following that they were like, well, let's just bring all those people back and make some movies. Mm-hmm. And that's where Star Trek the movie came from. And I guess it came out in, like, 80, early 80s. I can't remember the exact date. But, uh, and then that sparked a new movie franchise with it. And then they all started getting kind of old and sick and tired of doing movies, and that's when they started, uh, Gene Roddenberry was starting a new show in 87, The Next Generation, with Captain Jean-Luc Picard, mm-hmm. you know, make it so. Uh, you know, and that's, yeah, it goes on and on and on. There's been like eight Star Trek shows. But so Lucille Ball was basically taking royalties on it the whole time? No, 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 no. But she was like, she, what I think is awesome is it goofy, red-haired, silly Lucille Ball? If you've ever seen I Love Lucy, like, I think farthest thing from Trekkie. Is <laughs> yeah. is the one that like was so? She basically is the sole reason that Star Trek exists. That's crazy. I Love Lucy is one of my mom's favorite shows. Oh, I know. I loved. It. I mean, I've probably seen it a hundred thousand times. Like back, you know, when you're a kid and you're over at your grandparents' house and they want to watch TV Land because it's all their favorite shows. So like, you spend your kid like top. I watched a ton of Andy Griffith, uh, Matlock, <laughs> like my, yeah, man, it was just hilarious. Like that's so many old shows. Mash, mm. Mash was good though. Beverly Hillbillies. You catch oh, the yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, the, 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 the Monsters. The Monsters. Oh, that, oh gosh, there we go. With my mom's favorite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's funny. Did you guys know my mom's a listener? That's I awesome. She loves our show. Good. She wants to be on our show. She I always, mom. She, 
She wants to, yeah, Highway's mom. She wants to figure out a way to figure out the phone call. I, I'm working on it. My mom we has can do it. a blind. We can do it. She has a blind date story for our listeners. I think that she thinks, even still to this day, would rival any story that any young lady could come up with. Well, we want it. So it's pretty good. Sounds good. Me and my mom are pretty close. It's pretty funny. But anyway, so that's that's good. What else about Lucille Ball? Uh, I mean, Desi Lou didn't last forever. They ended up getting divorced. Company mm-hmm. fell apart. They kind of did their own thing from that point on. But uh, but yeah, for their little short short run through the '60s, I mean, Star Trek. It was the thing that they birthed that, like, literally, she was the person that made it happen. I just think that's really neat. When did Star Wars come out? 75. That was the time that Star Trek was during its dead decades, right? Correct. Um, Star Wars kind of capitalized on that. I guess so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I I really thought of it that way. Yeah, like, they died until the 80s. Which was, you know, when Star Trek was releasing, basically, I guess you could say, Return of the Jedi. I think that came out in, like, 84, something like that. So that would have been when they were starting to make all the mm-hmm. Star Trek movies and stuff, too. Hmm. You're cool. Trekkie? Oh, yeah, I'm more into Star Wars. Yeah. I've tried keeping up with Trek. I think on TV now they have, what, Next Generation? Is that what they call it? Oh, no, there's been so many. There was the Next Generation, and then right along with that was... Um, <laughs> Deep Space Nine, and yeah, then, I've seen a little bit of that. and then Voyager, and then they I've did a, a then that. they did a prequel series called Enterprise, which was actually pretty good. Um, it was like was that talking about the type of ship? No, that's the name the of the ship. Yeah. The Enterprise, the, Enterprise. Was the name of the ship. But yeah. there was like a it, it was like you know like there's been different models of the Enterprise over mm-hmm. the decades and different captains and stuff like that, and so that's. Uh, the earliest, mo- the first launch of the Enterprise is that that episode, that show. But there's a new one coming out on Netflix, I think later this year, and I'm stoked. Like a whole new Star Trek show on mm-hmm. Netflix. Uh, you know, I'm gonna be. <laughs> so you had to choose one Star Wars or Star Trek. I had to choose mm-hmm. Wars. Uh, is that hard for you? Huh? But they're not the same. I genre. That. They're not the same genre. Yeah, but you gotta eliminate one. Like mm. I don't want the you one to doesn't exist anymore. Go through the differences between the two. I'm gonna have to say Star. I'm gonna have to say Star Trek because that surprises the crap out of me. No, no, I'm saying is the one that I would get rid of. Okay. No, I'd have to keep Star Wars. So too soon. Yeah, sorry. Okay. Yeah, no, like I'm I'm bad. Like my wife, she'd make fun of me. Like I'm the guy that's like got tears when I go see the new Star Wars movies. Like. Mm. Yeah, it just it just it's gets good me. Stuff. Yeah, it's like you know, it's just because that was my childhood thing. Yeah, like, that's when those particular say. songs play, you're just like just Very hit much. you real hard and for real sure. deep. For yeah. sure, I get the same feeling from uh, Christmas Vacation. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's that time. Christmas time's here. Oh man, and I get that. It's just that little Santa Claus starts jumping around, gets me choked up. <laughs> so, um, so okay, is, is that all for one top? That's all I got. That's one top. One top. Two top. Two top. Fire, fi- fire festival. Yeah, I'm interested in this. What's this is okay. crazy. This whole thing. So I actually just, Wade introduced this article to me. And the debacle. Man, my my mind was blown. So picture this, Hayden. You have people flying into the Bahamas, right? Okay. And this is this is a remote 
island, a part of the Bahamas. So Bahamas are oh, like a thousand islands yeah, out there. So. Tons. So they have this remote island dedicated just to a music festival. Big remote island. Mm-hmm. We're thinking yachts, thinking tons of music, um, food's going to be extravagant, all of it. It's all going to be great. Okay. Right? So people are paying about anywhere from four figures, the highest four figures, to five figures. Um, if you're paying five figures, it's because you're willing to get a VIP ticket for the event. Um, five figures. So you're yeah. saying $10,000 at least? At right. the least, yes. Um, for for the ticket? Yeah. Just well, for the, the ticket. ticket is is then, this an inclusive event? Well, it's boarding too, <laughs> obviously. Right. Um, so we're not talking, hopefully there's not going to be tents, right? You wouldn't, you wouldn't think you'd be staying in a tent. Right. The other thing is this that I read about. They have these um, loadable bands that you wear. Wristbands. Wristbands. Um, that you... <clears throat> they recommend that you load about $300 a day for, just for all your expenses while you're at the... Oh, it's like an account you put money on. Yeah. RFID bracelet that you um, load the money com- on. And it's cashless event. Exactly. And... Um, you just wave your hand to pay for stuff? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's the thought. Yeah. And they were encouraging people to put between three hundred and five hundred dollars per day. Per day, that you were going to be there, on on the wristband. So okay. take of everything. So they're there for three. Da- they're there for three days. And right. So average person put nine hundred dollars on their wristband. Cool. All right. Got that. Okay. Everyone flies in for this, or you're starting to get people to fly in, um, rapidly for this event, and they get driven by a bus to where the festival is supposed to be. It's not that scene at all. You get a couple of tents here and there. Um, food. <laughs> We've looked at pictures of the food that, and plenty of people taking pictures of the type of food. It's kind of what you'd find in a cafeteria. It was literally bagels, pieces of lettuce, some cheese, and cheese. Slice, slices of cheese. Was like craft. Their, their quote unquote gourmet meal that oh they were supposed God. to have. Mm. To- wow. so Total disaster. When they're leaving from the airport in Miami, like. Two thirds of the flights got canceled. Yeah. Going to the island. So if that's not a red flag, number one. What do you mean they got canceled? They, as in they're just not going as anymore. In they, they grounded two thirds of the flights leaving from Miami, going to this mm. island. How does that work? Do you get your money back? Mm. We'll get to that. <laughs> okay. Well, that I'll that's, you keep that's one of the interesting parts. There's two people, um, co-founders. One of the main ones is Billy McFarland. That. Is as soon as you Google his name, all that comes up is Fire Festival because okay. of this debacle that we've called it. Um, but one of one of the interesting reports was what one of the passengers had to say getting back from their flight um, in the airport, just waiting for the next flight out. Mm-hmm. There's, the, there's a group of people that are willing to stay in the tents until they can find a flight. There's other people that are. No, just get me off the island. Let me get into the airport and let's hurry up and get out of here. So McFarlane addresses the crowd at the airport, letting them know that next year, whenever they decide to do this festival, they're getting a full refund. Um, or not a full refund, free but they're going to get a f- free tickets back yeah. to the event. Not There's no news of when that event will be. Also, the um, government for the Bahamas has also said that they're not allowed back 
Danny had their islands um, <laughs> for the event. Um, but none of these people are getting a refund. Word spread really quickly that wow. those were the conditions, obviously with social media and stuff. Yeah. And the bands got word of oh, it, pulled out. and they pulled out last minute, and so oh, we're and not even yeah. coming. So all these people travel there, 1,600-some people travel to this island and for no reason. Mm-hmm. All Just spending five, ten thousand dollars $10,000 on a, a bracelet. That and an extra 1000 on every bracelet. And their bracelets get wiped out. And you're wondering what's happened, like, okay, what, <laughs> what happened with the food quality? Why is that bad? Well, the catering service pulled out, too, early. Like, before the event even started, they were pulling out. They didn't, oh, wow. pay the, they, they didn't pay their bill. Yeah. So the catering service said, no, we're done. Wow. So how do you get the funding for all this stuff? Yeah. Like, that's... Did you look that stuff up? I actually did not see that. So I... They had to get some loans from banks, obviously, mm-hmm. to come up with this. The long and short of it is $700,000 was loaded onto those bands he was talking about. Wow. By, yeah. by people that were there. $700,000. All right, zero of those dollars have been refunded to people. That is correct. Zero. So wow, they have. And it's all set up in the Bahamas too, where there's like, like that's where people have their little offshore accounts mm-hmm. and everything too, because it's you know, different. It's, it's different. <laughs> you can't you can't just get get that money back like via the U.S. government enforcing Well, that's it. the thing. I mean, there's. I'll get to this. I'll get to the the suit that's out there, but there's. Uh, seven million dollars of unaccounted for money that was spent. So you mentioned the Billy McFarlane guy. The yeah. second person that's you know founder of this is Jaw Rule. You guys oh, remember Jaw Rule? Hollow, hollow. I totally saw something about this. Mm-hmm. Oh, murder. I just didn't read all. I didn't read that much into it. <laughs> it's murder. It, it was some sort of like headline where it said something like, and I, when you said Billy McFarlane, I was like, I know that. I've heard that. It said it was a article that said Billy McFarland and Ja Rule, co-founders of Festival, make headlines by saying nobody's getting paid. Ja Rule and his white business oh, yeah. and screwed That's up. A, I forgot to tell you that. None of the employees are getting yeah. paid. Either. The statement, you can go on SoundCloud actually where we can play, have our plays and you can listen to the conference call that he had with his employees. Mm-hmm. You can Actually, all of, you can go on to and listen to it. It's like nine and a half minutes long. <laughs> and he tells people that we will no longer go forward with payroll is the way he words it. Mm-hmm. We won't go forward with payroll. If you want to stick with us, you yeah. can. He would love but to. if you leave, I understand. So they're not firing anyone so they can claim unemployment. They're going to make these people quit or not get paid. So that way they can dodge the unemployment thing. Mm-hmm. So these guys are like sleazeballs in every sense wow. of the world. So anyway, they like secured seven million dollars in loans that they obviously spent spent on other things they did mm-hmm. not spend it on the caterer they did not spend it on the housing these people were staying in like refugee tents they were supposed to have like lavish yeah you know resort type living mm-hmm. that they were staying in and they're supposed to have all these options of all these tropical tours that they could take so anyway they just blew seven million dollars on something don't have any receipts for how they spent it <laughs> There's a $100 million class action lawsuit out against these two guys for from the participants. That's just from the people that were there. I can imagine. Then there's the lawsuits for the people that loaned them the money to where they're trying to get their money back mm-hmm. to. These guys are So basically, they're not only did they scam everyone, but they also defaulted on all the loans too? Like, well, they're being, they're so being accused of fraud, negligent representation, and breach of content. 
they were supposed to make installment payments on the loans. Okay, so people loaded money on the bands. Yeah, this one person loaded them, loaned them. Excuse me, four point two million dollars. Okay, part of the agreement in the loan was he was to pay them X percentage from money loaded onto the bands. Mm -hmm. When money was loaded onto the bands, none of it was paid for a loan. It was all pocketed or spent on something else mm. by McFarland and by Ja Rule, whose last name is Atkins, something Atkins. Murder. Yeah. <laughs> hollow, hollow. Man, I had something that was really interesting about it. It's, it's crazy how it just went insane. It was supposed to be like, it was marketed as... It was supposed to be skirt. The next level from Coachella. Like Coachella plus one. It was supposed to be like that upper level music festival experience. Yeah. Have you ever... For the elite. I've never been to Coachella, but have you ever seen like the grounds that they do it on? It's so pretty. Like... We, like, like, like so... Like, like, deal like Bonnaroo it. is like... Like uneven ground in a lot of places and dirt holes and mud here or whatever or super dusty there's just like luscious beautiful grass mm -hmm. that you set your tent up on like that I've seen like pictures of like the campgrounds and it's just like beautifully mowed like a freaking football field like just perfect mm. looking and it's like tent 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 and I'm just like man why can't like they treat the grounds like that at other <laughs> music festivals like right. they do it right there right that's half the struggle is all that dust and dirt and mud and ugh. And brown well, this festival's a mess. And the beach looks trashed now too. I'm sure it does. So So they're not welcome back. <laughs> no, they're not. I don't, I don't know why Billy thinks they can get back somehow and how they're gonna do another one next year or attempt to do another one next year. But um I'll be, it'll be interesting to see what happens if they take this to court or find some sort of settlement. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, they're going to court. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> they're, they're going to court. It's a ruling court. Yeah. He's going to be like, it's murder. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Well, that's all I got on two top. So that's two top? Yeah. All right. Three top. Three top. Blackout. Um, blackout. Like, uh, not like a drunk blackout. Like no lights. Like no light. Like lights out. Lights yeah. out. Like darkness. Mm. Darkness. Darkness <laughs> is spreading. So That's kind of what happened, right? Yeah, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> On July 13th, 1977 in the great city of New York. New York. So, um, it's kind of crazy because New York had two major, major blackouts in a 12-year period. So there was one in 1965 that I'll briefly touch on that happened... Right around, say, 5 o'clock, 5.30, so before sundown, store owners were still in their stores, uh, employees were still at work, those kinds of things. Um, there wasn't uh, a lot going on, so to mm -hmm. speak. Uh, it was about 48 degrees outside. It was in the fall, not in the summer. Um, so when the blackout happened, people pretty much just stayed at home in 1965. So... Um, kind of funny there's reference to where were you when the lights went out thing yeah. for that generation I've, I've heard that before um, and a lot of, there was speculation that nine months later a spike in births and things like that you know <laughs> so um, anyway very peaceful type of thing that happened 
Fast forward 12 years, and obviously a lot of things change in the country um, politically. Uh, unemployment in the state of New York in 1977 was at 12%, so mm. that's extremely high. That's but in, bad. But in certain boroughs of New York, it was as high as 18 and 19%. So just joblessness everywhere. Uh, we were going through what we were going through uh, with economic downturn and things like that just as a country. Um, so that type of climate was going on. It was in the middle of a heat, extreme heat wave. So, I mean, we're talking like 94, 95 degree days, six, seven, eight, fifteen of them in a row. And in New York City, you know, I'm just not used to that type of stuff. So anyway, extreme heat wave, totally different circumstances than in 1965. Okay. Mm -hmm. So then, all of a sudden, everything goes dark. Just everything. Like one person described it as being in the World Trade Center uh, at their job, and they obviously, when you're, if you were in the World Trade Center, apparently you could look out one window and you could see like four of the five boroughs just basically by looking out. You could overlook all of New York, so you could see four of the five. So he basically one by one saw them start to drop and go dark, and Manhattan was apparently the last one to go dark. So anyway, what? this guy's watching them all go dark, and then all of a sudden everything in his goes dark. So, literally within minutes is when the looting happens. But basically it was all avoidable uh, before I get into the looting stuff. It was just a series of generators. One got struck by lightning. And I'm pretty sure it was lightning. Yeah, there was a lightning storm in the area. They were expecting some rain or something. One got struck by lightning. And then uh, it just went dark. So it was one trying to make up for another, and then it went dark. And then mm -hmm. now we're trying to make up for those, and then it went dark. Mm -hmm. And then apparently the controller didn't make a decision quick enough on how to switch the power or you know get it somewhere else. Because there were a couple of areas that it wasn't affected because they reacted. So right. anyways, they go dark because of a guy that decided not to make a decision is what happens. Mm -hmm. Literally within 10 minutes is when the looting starts. So this affected roughly... Four million people. Wow, how many people lived in New York? Just at the instantly time? went dark. I mean, I think it was somewhere around like eight or nine million people. Wow, so almost half. Queens was the only of the five boroughs that wasn't affected. Hmm. Interesting. So, um, so anyway, they go dark, and so again, the looting goes crazy. You know, unemployment's super high, right? right? So people are poor. People are struggling to feed their families. There's videotape out there of people literally walking out of stores with shopping carts full of stuff. Um, I can imagine if social media was around back in 1977, the types <laughs> of posts that you could see of the things that people walked out with and things they got for free. Then the, the loot, obviously looting leads to burning stuff down and fires, and obviously the worst mm -hmm. of it was in the poorest of the neighborhoods, the people that needed the stuff that were, you know, yeah. poor. They didn't have anything, so they needed something. So... It literally changed the course of New York City going forward. Uh, it only caused about $300 million worth of damage. I say only because, I mean, we've seen so many things happen true. that cause a billion dollars worth of damage, you know. I mean, a tornado can cause $300 million worth of damage in two seconds, so. Well, that's where people give, take the fact that they can just flip the switch and the power's on for granted. For sure. Like... But it was crazy. Everything was dark. The only thing that you could see was people's headlights and cars. No street lights. Yeah. No nothing. But it just how quickly 
in a environment where people are needy, I guess you could say, like when it, you know, when all, like when everything gets turned off, like how quickly things change. It's funny that you say it that way because there were a ton of arrests that happened. It's one of the biggest mass arrests that's ever happened in New York City. Well, history. yeah, I'm sure the cops but were so busy they didn't know what to do. It was probably they just, didn't get the true criminals. They got the people that were going in there after they saw everyone else doing it, the yeah. people that started it, and being like, well, hell, I'm my family's starving to death. We need some stuff. Mm -hmm. The criminals, quote-unquote, the criminals got out. They were in and out in the first 10, 15 minutes. Oh, yeah. And the cops weren't there for hours because obviously there's no power at the police station. They yeah. can't communicate with each other. They told... Get this, they told all the cops to report to not the precinct that you worked in, but the precinct that you lived in. So, how many of the cops lived in those poor and really, really poor neighborhoods? So, how many of those really, really poor neighborhoods had a high police presence of people? I'd that say it, at that time to? in history, not many. So, again, they didn't think about that when they said, don't worry about reporting to the precinct that you work at, report to the precinct you live in. Hmm. And that, so that changed that allowed a lot of the looting to go on for hours mm -hmm. so it lasted into the morning hours when the sun came up and when the sun came up and the lights came on you know on the city and what what had happened to brooklyn and what had happened to the bronx and mm -hmm. you know it was unreal unreal literally changed the course of new york it set them back 20 years with the way that things were going and it's so crazy how different it was from the one in 1965 how everything was so peaceful and i start to think in my head about the mental state of the country. You know, I think in 77, was it that Richard Nixon, or right after Nixon and Gerald Ford, or somewhere yeah. in there, and, you know, what was our trust Nixon, level of, like... I think Nixon was president in 69. Johnson was after, right after Kennedy in 69. Lyndon Johnson, then I think it went Nixon okay. after Lyndon Johnson, but... Um, I, either way, I just think that it's crazy that 12 short years later that the mindset of the people in the country and everything economically had shifted so wildly that the first reaction that people had was to lash out. And so it, that, that to me was crazy because in the rich neighborhoods that blacked out, the stereotypical white dinner party, you can see videos of the stereotypical white dinner party sitting around... A blacked out bar under candlelight laughing and joking and mm -hmm. having all whole hoot of fun not having any clue what's going on outside because it's totally black they have no idea what's going on five miles down the road right at all the department stores just getting ravished by everyone in town that dynamic that to me was crazy when they backed out and they showed a video just like a still shot of the silhouette of the skyline of New York City totally black Mm -hmm. It's like you know. Have you ever heard New New York called the Concrete Jungle? Yeah, you heard that before. Yeah, like I think about that a lot when I look at the skyline of New York City. I'm like, God, the jungle that's inside of there. You know, like I feel the same way when I look at like the canopy of the Amazon. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh man, the jungle that is in there is just unbelievable. Yeah, so and many things. That and that's what you. was going on. <laughs> in, that's what was going on in that blackout. So it lasted until the next morning, halfway through the next day. Obviously, when the sun came up, they could still see, but they didn't have power yeah. until halfway through the next day. But it's a show. It's a, it's a show on Netflix. Um, it's literally just called Blackout. Hmm. Uh, it'll give you some visuals to a lot of the things that I said. Um, 
it's really interesting seeing all the 1970s cars and, you know think about it, nobody had a cell phone flashlight nobody had mm. you know a video camera on their phone so the video footage that there was was people that had one you know that kind of thing so does it show um what Times Square looked like back then no they didn't have any video of time at least that I I'm not thinking of too many big video screens but maybe billboards or yeah no I mean it was all black because huh. Times Square is in Manhattan right mm-hmm. yeah. yeah Manhattan went black wow yeah so it's, it's to me it was crazy they had another they had a blackout in 2003 and it wasn't like that Hmm. Yeah. So it's just crazy how the mindset. I wonder what would happen if, in some of our major cities, if there was a blackout, and if it would matter if it happened at two o'clock in the afternoon or if it happened at ten o'clock at night, what the reaction would be. Yeah. Will people go crazy and start breaking into places if it was two in the afternoon? Not here. <laughs> in L.A. Maybe. There might be enough sunlight where they don't. Think ten about o'clock it at night, I'd be worried. Yeah, I'd be worried. I think that that mattered a lot with the timing of it, with how they reacted. It was already dark outside. Yeah, it was already. I mean, it just it's like, oh, okay, now nobody can see anything. There's no. The stores are closed and nobody's there. We'll just break in and nobody can see it. No alarm. No alarms. Alarms, alarms don't work. Yeah. So, anyway, it was again nothing will make your mind wander like a story so it's funny how when I watch these little things you know my mind starts to wander in different mm-hmm. things with the stories that they tell so yeah. it just made me think about the current state of well, our country and the current state of the way that we feel current state of our economy current state of social affairs you know whatever you want to call it I think it would be not necessarily interesting I don't want to black out I'm wrong but it would be interesting about how <clears throat> our today's cities would handle it, like Chicago. Socially. New York again. Not, yeah. not from like an engineering standpoint, how no. do we get back on the power grid, but... Yeah. Yeah. How, are, how would people react? What would, be, what would be their sign of panic? I don't know. Check out Blackout on Netflix. It's good. Yeah. I'm gonna. It's good. It's a good one. So, um, anyway... I think that's three top, right? That's three top. Three top. We did it. One top, two top, three top. Three top, three top. Thank you guys for joining us, and we're going to catch you on the next one. Thank you. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. As always, we love to hear your feedback. Do us a favor and go to your Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter and click that like and follow button for all your episode updates and releases. Like us at The Big Red Van Podcast on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Big Red Van Pod. And as always, you can just send us an old fashioned email at The Big Red Van Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and it means the world. Just share us with a friend.